because we take this job so serious. What in the all types of blue hell? This is Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson. Out of an hour, 2.34, after the hour. And I want to welcome someone who is one of my favorite broadcasters, one of my favorite guys, and a very dear friend, and also a Texas Sports Radio Hall of Famer. Those of you in San Antonio who listen to WOAI know him well, as well as I do. This is Bill Schoening, the voice of the San Antonio Spurs, and he joins me right now. Good morning, <laughs> my friend. How you doing, brother? <clears throat> I'm doing good, good man. How are you? Good to see you. Uh, a little little early in the morning for this late night guy, but I- I'm all right. We're ready to rock and roll. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I love that old school shirt you have on. Because yeah, when I first got into I, when I got when I first got into watching the Spurs and they would be on the road in the forum to play the Lakers, they had that script across the front of their jersey. I, I love that they brought them back this year. As you know, uh, Snowman, it's the 50th anniversary of the Spurs franchise. So this year, uh, even though the team is very young and uh, struggling right now on the floor, uh, it's been a celebration of the 50 years. So throughout the entire season, I've had a chance to host a podcast, a weekly podcast called Sound of Spurs, and I've had a chance to sit down with George the Iceman Gervin, James Silas, um, you name them. We, we've had all the guys come through, not all of them just yet, but I just visited with uh, Kevin Willis last week, Terry Porter. Uh, I had a, a sit down for a half hour with George Carl the other night. Uh, a lot of people don't remember that George Carl was a player and a pretty good one out of North Carolina. And he yes. played for the Spurs. He played for the Spurs, in the old ABA. And the mm-hmm. same day that I was visiting with George Carl about that, he informed me that he is doing a documentary on the ABA and the merger with the NBA from that 1976 season when the four teams from the ABA went to the NBA, the Nuggets, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Pacers. And, of course, the Spurs are the only team from the ABA to win a championship so far, although I really do think Denver, Denver's got a solid chance this year. Yeah. Talk to me about that game in the Alamo Dome. How crazy was that? <laughs> well, to be you told Because I texted you, I was hoping you had some time to come on, but I knew it was last minute. It was crazy. And the message I got back from you, it's today with us being in the dome is crazy. I knew that game was nuts. <laughs> well, you can imagine 68,000 people in a football stadium. They did not set the arena up the way they used to in the old Alamo Dome when the Spurs played there on a regular basis. Right. Uh, of course, the court was much closer to the grandstand. Well, to get 68,000 people in, you're going to have to give up some viewing. I mean, you're, there weren't a lot of great seats as far as you know being able to see the action, to be very honest. In fact, Snowman, you'll love this because you're a broadcaster and a play-by-play guy. I was in the second row, and I couldn't see because I was not elevated. uh, and the hard thing is and you know this from doing play-by-play you have to see the floor so all i saw was uh uh, guys torsos above the waist and i had no idea where they were on the floor so i spent even though i was 10 feet from the action i spent most of the game trying to call it off the monitor i I, I dig it i've been there done that (laughs) first time i went to first time i did a state championship at um uh consigo fieldhouse in indianapolis when I was following, when I was following Marquette Catholic, as as you know at the time, in 2014, and I, they were running up and down the floor, and even though I was right there on the floor on on press row, the action was so fast. <laughs> I spent part of that game calling it from the monitor. Yeah, yeah, like, you, got, you gotta right be ready. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And sometimes in these NBA arenas now, they've sold the courtside seats. So press row is really no longer press row. 
Crest right. Row is millionaires' rows. The people that got right. the money, uh, they can afford those courtside seats. And I don't really mind that too much, Snowman. They put me up in the concourse area most of these places. And yeah. I, I called so many football games and so many baseball games that I'm kind of used to being upstairs, you know. So yes. uh, I, I prefer to be on the floor, to be honest with you. But um, being upstairs, as long as I've got plenty of room and can see the floor and can see the action, uh, it's not a bad spot at all. How loud was the Alamo Dome last Friday? <laughs> well, you know, it's a shame the game wasn't very good. The, the, the Warriors right. moved the Spurs out of that game. So if the game had been a good competitive four-quarter game, I think it would have gotten a little crazy. Uh, but it was very loud. And the, the loudest part of the night was early in the fourth quarter when they made the official announcement. Uh, and it, since it was the 50th season for the Spurs, it was only apropos that number 50, 5-0, uh, the Admiral Robinson. David Robinson came out with the big sign saying 68,323, a new NBA record. Man, I I watch parts of that game and I listen to your call and I understand being way up and being way up in the stands. We shared we shared a mic when we were in Charlotte a few years ago uh, when the Spurs when the Spurs came to Charlotte and we're going to do it again. But man, when you're upstairs, like I said, when you get used to it, you know, when you're calling football or baseball or, or, or whatever, you get used to the action, you get you, you get your eyes used to um, seeing the players from a distance and recognizing them from from a distance. You've done this a while. So so have I the first couple the first couple of times the NBA changed uh, press row and had people up in the stands. What was that like? It wasn't too difficult for me because, again, I had done so many games, you know, my baseball background i've done a lot of baseball games in fact right. during the offseason last year i ended up doing since we didn't make the playoffs and i was done in april uh, i was able to parlay that into about 24 college baseball games last year and i hadn't done a lot of baseball in a while and i've kind of missed it snowman you know I, I really enjoy being back in the booth and doing some baseball in the spring of course the weather in texas is very nice so it was just mm -hmm. nice to be outdoors uh but uh it wasn't that major an adjustment for me the thing i miss most about being on the floor is and you know this too it, you can see when guys are starting to elbow each other a little bit more or if a ref and a player start to have a little yapping session going on yep. just little things like that it, it gives you a heads up on okay the next time down the floor if there's a hard foul well i think the previous trip down the floor he's paying him back from something and sometimes upstairs you don't get that you don't know right. you don't see that little elbow in the ribs you know yep. so uh, and, yep. and uh you know it's a physical game and these are you know grown men so obviously uh it's a little bit different upstairs but uh, i'm kind of used to it by now bill shonick the voice of the san antonio spurs the fabulous voice of the san antonio spurs joining us here on the program during hour 2 ryan mccarthy from saratoga new york has a question for bill other than the championship seasons which season was your favorite to cover Oh, wow. That's a really good question. You know, you know so many of those uh, championship seasons, right between them, they had good years and could have won the championship. And right. I remember 04 being a great year. Uh, and the Lakers beat us with that .4 uh, shot by Derek Fisher. Derek was heartbreaking. Fisher. But that year had been a very good year. And then the 10-11 year, uh, the, the Spurs had all kinds of records. They, they were the number one seed. And Ginobili got hurt in the first round. They lost to Memphis. And Memphis deserved to win that series. I'm not making excuses because Ginobili got mm -hmm. hurt. Uh, but that season itself was an excellent season. Uh, but they just didn't play very well in that first round. They ran into uh, Zach Randolph and Mike Conley and Marcus yep. Saul and, and a pretty good Grizzlies team that had been hurt during the year. They really weren't a true eighth seed. They just happened to get the eighth seed because they had been banged up during the year. But uh, that was a disappointing finish to a very good year. Bill Shoning, the voice of the Spurs, joining me here on the program. Who'd you cover for baseball last spring? Uh, I did UTSA and I did some Texas State. 
And they're both very good teams. Texas State really was a fine ball club, and they had uh, a really good chance to make it to the College World Series. I think they got eliminated, I, I want to say, by one of the schools out west. Uh, but anyway, they, they had a really good team and uh, a couple of breaks here, a couple of breaks there. They could have gone to the College World Series. But uh, that was my roots. You know, I did the Texas Longhorns for 12 baseball seasons yep. and before that Sam Houston State for six seasons. So uh, I've done a lot of uh, college baseball. I was very fortunate enough to snowman. I don't know if you know the story, but uh, 96, 97, 98. Um, I was the backup guy for the Texas Rangers, even though I was still doing the Longhorns on Sundays yep. in September um, mm -hmm. because Brad Sham was on the uh, Rangers network. He was still doing some NFL stuff. So when Brad had an NFL conflict, they'd fly me up. And uh, I got to do a game at Yankee Stadium. I got to do some games out in San Diego. And I think I did about 18 Rangers games, uh, which was really a lot of fun. But, man, those guys that go 162 a year plus spring training, that's a lot of baseball, my friend. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I have had dreams and thoughts of calling a, a full baseball season. I've had a chance to uh, follow a couple of uh, a couple of my good friends that do um, that do minor league baseball, and even a hundred games is a lot <laughs> yes, with, with is. the pre with the preseason and everything. We're talking about 100, 162 games. Whew! What a grind that is. <laughs> yeah, plus plus a month or a month and a half down in training camp. You know, what I mean. Yep. That's a, that's a lot of days at the ballpark. And I love the ballpark. I love going to the ballpark. But uh, I think doing 82 uh, as opposed to 162, uh, I think I got the better gig. Yeah. Yeah. Longtime voice of the Spurs, Bill Schoenig, joining me here on the program. What's on tap for the Spurs this week? Uh, let's see here. We got uh, a homestand. Two more games in this homestand. Sacramento tonight, Philly on Friday. Uh, and then off to the rodeo road trip, uh, Snowman. So you should have me on during the rodeo road trip for no other reason than to play one of my rodeo road trip songs. Because, you know, I write songs. Yes. And, uh, I, and I've written three through the years about the rodeo road trip. Uh, my favorite's called Adios Alfiderzayan. It's all the different ways to say goodbye. Because when you're on the rodeo road trip, you're always saying goodbye to somebody because you're yep. never in the same place very long. So uh, the, the rodeo takes over our arena and we're gone for eight or nine games every year. Um, how, how long is that trip? Because well, it, var it varies every season, but usually the all-star right. break comes right in the middle of it. So yep. it's not like nine games in a row on the road. It'll be broken up usually into three games or three trips, like three games each trip. So uh, that's usually how it is uh, eight or nine games, but it's basically most of the month of February. Wow. That, oh man, talk about travel packages and eat one for that. <laughs> uh, the, the late Paul Silas gave me a tip one time. You know, we, we lost Paul just a few weeks ago. What a wonderful yep. man he was. When he was coaching New Orleans, they were on a long road trip. And I asked him, I said, what's the toughest part about a two-week road trip? He said, packing enough underwear. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good point. Oh man, Bill Schoenig also is the author of Stories, Sports, and songs. I'm going to I'm going to purchase that. If, if if I do it audibly, I'll purchase it audibly. But I am going to support in doing that. And plus, talk about your new podcast, The Sound of the Spurs. Yeah, well, in conjunction with the 50th anniversary for the Spurs, the Spurs had the idea to do a uh, series uh, on uh, both audio and video. Uh, they do a docu series. Uh, called Ring of the Rowl. It's mm -hmm. about the different different stories in the 50-year history of the Spurs. They're doing 50 of them, believe it or not. And they're all these little 10-minute docu-series, little documentaries, mini documentaries. They're very well done uh, by yep. our director of broadcasting, Mike Kikarillo. And everybody is in this. I mean, uh, LeBron James, Bill Walton. Uh, the list goes on and on about people who talk about the Spurs uh, during this uh, uh, amazing docu-series that's out right now uh, on YouTube. And uh, I get to host this podcast called Sound of Spurs, where I get to interview, I mentioned earlier, uh, some of these uh, legends 
uh, of the Spurs. And uh, my favorite so far, uh, well, of course, the Iceman is always going to be number one. Uh, yes. but Brent, Bar Brent Barry is great. He's so funny. Uh, of course, the son of the legendary Rick Barry. But uh, Brent is, is fascinating to me because, Snowman, he has done so many different things in the game of basketball. Of course, he was mm -hmm. a standout player. Uh, he won the slam dunk championship, believe it or not, yes. at the Alamo yes. Dome in 1996. At the Alamo uh, but he Dome. Also, he also has been an announcer after his career. He worked for the NBA TV, did some uh, analyst work both in the studio and uh, on site at games. And then he moved into the front office. And now he's the Spurs vice president for basketball operations and the general manager of the Austin Spurs. So uh, Brent's got a, a great basketball mind. And I, I enjoyed visiting with him. He's got a very good sense of humor, self-deprecating sense of humor. And uh, I think he'll probably be a GM if he wants to be. Uh, in the NBA one day. Bill Shonek, the fabulous voice of the San Antonio Spurs, and one of my dearest friends joining me here. I will uh, I, I will say this, and I'll put it to God's ears. I will see you February 15th in Charlotte, North Carolina, when the Spurs travel to meet the Charlotte Hornets. We got you hooked up because you're showing your versatility as a good stat man there, Snowman. Not just a play-by-play -play guy and a talk show host, but a guy who could do stats. Hey, real, real quick story before before I let you go or before you let yeah. me go. I'm yeah. in New Orleans, right? I got a new stat guy, and he gives me a stat in the first quarter. Three for eight. Spurs are three for eight, 33%. I said, look, I am not a mathematician. Believe me, I'm not a mathematical genius at all. But wouldn't three for nine? Wouldn't three for nine be 33%? And he said, oh, Bill, I'm sorry. I meant to tell you I'm not good at math. I said, you know, you're my stat guy. I only need you to be good for one thing, math. And he's not right. good at math. Right. Snowman, it, it you're better at math. You're better at math than my guy in New Orleans was. It it took me a quarter to get used to the pace of the game and the and the timeouts and how the how the broadcast went. But like I said, from my lips to God's ears and from Jody's lips to God's ears, we'll see you in Charlotte, North Carolina on February 15th, my friend. I got you, my man. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you, Bill. Okay. Thanks, brother.